Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another episode of Weekly Market Updates where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. COVID variants are back. So is it time to look at Pfizer as a short-term play in investing? That's something we talk about first. Crypto market had some big news as well this week, folks. Three Arrows Capital filed for bankruptcy. How does that impact and why did that impact the market? We talk about that one. We then bring up a company that we call the Nike of our generation. Right? It's a growth stock we still feel, and none other than Lululemon. Right? How they have been talking about growing their revenue, growing their expansion plans, and so on. And last but not least, a little teaser on macro. It's an important month for all of us investing. So let's stay sharp, let's stay safe, and let's get started. Hey, Coconuts, welcome back to Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. Anthony. And we have Gavin this week. Welcome, Gavin. Thank you for having me on nice, the show. Nice, man. Today. Why don't you, you tell the coconuts a little bit about yourself here? Okay. Um, hi. So I'm Gavin and I run a invest uh, investment-related website, uh, SG Stock Market Investor, where I, I share like articles and I write articles and stuff uh, about the stock market and uh, crypto and stuff. Awesome, like man. That. Good, good to have you. I know we've been wanting to have you on here for a while, so thanks for <laughs> thanks for taking the time. And uh, you know, as, as we all know, Anthony, how how is how's the newborn? Uh, Congratulated you yes. last week on the uh, on our yes. podcast. So it's always good to hear from the new father. The, you know? the, how much sleep have you had, man? Let's let's start with that. Oh, so much sleep. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like working, right? You pull all nighters. It's the same, you know. Just yeah, you'll be fine. Kids grow up anyway. <laughs> fair enough, man. Fair enough. Congrats again on 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 being a uh, dad for the second time. So that's always good, man. Yeah, last last week's market updates was the was the only one I've heard in a while. I like the new format. Wow. Okay. <laughs> was that the only one? <laughs> Fair enough, man. Hope 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 you liked it. Um, I'm sure you were jealous for not being on, but you know, yeah, man. you were preoccupied. Yes, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> of course. All right, coconuts. We have a couple of stories here for you this week. We're gonna start off with Pfizer, given that you know more, more COVID in 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 the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Some stats for you there. Uh, we have Gavin, obviously, who's gonna take us through a little bit on on three arrows as they file for bankruptcy. Wonder what that means. And, <laughs> and of course, lastly, we have Anthony running through Lululemon. We want to talk a little bit about macro as well. So a little teaser at the end, um, and, and we'll run through all of that with you. Awesome. So, so to kick things off, let's talk a bit about Pfizer, right? Um, my question to you guys, Gavin and, and Anthony, is do you think it's a good time for Pfizer? And let me state my case first. Okay. Sell us. We saw a little bit of waning with with regard <laughs> with regards to the you know COVID cases. It was decreasing December, January, February, and then suddenly this past couple of months have been quite crazy, right? We've seen more and more people get COVID. We've seen Singapore government literally about to give us ART kits because they know that uh, COVID is up on the rise. They've been talking about this fourth dose. Right in in Singapore and around the world, with regards to elderly, and starting to bring that into younger generations as well, younger people as well. Um, and Pfizer would be, you know, the leading in terms of these sort of vaccinations. So therefore, the governments of the world will be looking to buy from them again, and therefore the stock price might go up. 
right? So you can make a little bit of money. Their revenue would go up as well, obviously. Uh, Gavin, why don't we start with you? What's your What's your thoughts on this? Well, I just recovered from COVID oh, wow. last week, so <laughs> I'm all for supporting <laughs> Pfizer. Uh, but um, I I I guess the issue is that you can't deem it as a as a long term investment because um, sooner or later um, it's gonna it's gonna uh, become a thing in the past mm. like how SARS is you can't have people take a new vaccine every six months and then 10 years down we'll be taking the 50th vaccine you, for you never know they might die. so it, it, it will be an interesting <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> um, yeah. But, but, but it definitely seems interesting now uh, as uh, more cases mm. spike up I think we're, we're uh, you know a couple of things one we still take flu shots yearly I just want to state that right Gavin so there is still that probability right. that it could very well happen and it's just a COVID jab and, and literally a, a mix of jabs that you have to take every year um, that, that could come to that uh, the other one is the fact that there's not a lot of play out there at this point in time, right? Obviously, my 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 portfolio is pretty shit. Um, I know Anthony's is, although I'm pretty sure he's not looked at it for a while. Huh? I don't know about well, you, Gavin. It's okay. It's so in in the short term, look, it's, it's okay. really bad. <laughs> in the short term, it could be. Yeah. My favorite color is red. <laughs> it's a primary color, at least. Um, and you know, in the short term, it could be a decent a decent bet in terms of of revenue. Anthony, what are we thinking here? I don't know, right? So, I, I mean, even if we, we take the, the best, best case, which I'm sure Pfizer will want to do, which is you know, everybody just takes two booster shots a year and they, they serve the global population. That's kind of like the flu vaccine, right? I mean, there's a flu vaccine that comes out every year or every six months and you, you go and take a jab if you want to. And maybe they make it mandatory, but if it's, if the, you know, subsequent, variants are less and less serious then we are not going to make a mandatory right then then where's that so i think it's it's very much different from you know the beginning stages of the pandemic where we knew that vaccines were, were kind of well quasi-mandatory when the, the government hated that word right and and there was definitely going to be demand <laughs> now it's okay fine it, it could be that way and you know, maybe, maybe not. I mean, do either of you know who whether flu vaccines are, are you know, who the flu vaccine manufacturers are, right? Because that's the closest equivalent. But you know, we, we don't know who they are. We we don't see them as super profitable. So like, I don't see why, you know, analogously, you know, this Pfizer should be seen as a, a better company just because they make the COVID vaccine. Yeah, fair. Um I think certain things to note for for coconuts as we if we talk a little bit about this is the fact that um Firstly, right, this the sale of these vaccines have been about fifty percent of Pfizer's total revenue, right? Um, at least in the last since since COVID, right? So one thing to to put there, it's actually quite big, right? Uh, it's literally almost all your eggs in one basket at this point in time, right? Um, but number two, when the world was effectively slowing down and COVID um, numbers were decreasing, Pfizer didn't quite stop there, right? So they kept continued on with their clinical trial. They kept going. And they have actually shown higher efficacies for the new variants that have rolled. Now, I don't know if our listeners out there know about the different variants. I only learned it researching on this because I gave up with COVID. I really gave up. We just don't uh, since Omicron, COVID I don't remember anymore, the one after yeah. that. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but now there's something called like BA1 variant, BA2 variant, BA4 variant, BA5 variant. And according to Pfizer, it's proven f like high efficiency among the rest of the other vaccines, right? Um, so 
I think that's something to think about if it does, you know, hit the elderly population and it starts to affect these sort of people. Um, Anthony, what you know, you mentioned, what is it really money making, so on and so forth? Could you elaborate on that? Given the fact that the variants are actually happening quite fast. Well, I mean, you know, to me, at the end of the day, two years down the line, and this is famous last words, right? We will kind of see COVID if it's still around as a flu. You know, I, I mean, even increasingly now. Right, it's kind of seen as a flu. You, you test for it; it is positive. You, you kind of self isolate. You, you don't really need to to go through the whole contact tracing, you know, all, all that kind of early pandemic responses we no longer do, right? And and so you know, even yep. if it becomes like the flu, then to, to me the closest analogy is really a flu vaccine, right? And and which is optional. The government encourages you to take it. They have lots of supply, so so the manufacturers already make money. But you know, you don't see these as being super profitable, you know, and I and I think that that to me make, makes the most sense. And I was just looking it up, but GSK is is probably the the largest, um, the the largest producer of flu vaccines, and you know they they are probably profitable. They're a good company, but you don't see them, and you don't see them as you know really really strong and profitable, and, and having a cornered market, and you don't, and I mean GSK. Is, is in a better position, you know, comparatively to Pfizer because they make so much, so many other things, right? So, you know, I, I really don't see just having the, the vaccine as, you know, something that now and going forward is really going to be very, is, is, is going to be the thesis of Pfizer, right? Maybe it's that they, they know mRNA technology the best, they can come up with new things and, you know, they, and they can use the technology to, to create new drugs and all that in the next five years. And I think we, we talked about the, one of the, the market updates when Reggie was here as well as a platform. I think that maybe works, yeah. right? But just because there's a new uprising um, of, of COVID doesn't necessarily mean that, that you know, the, the shares will do well, I would say. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that, Anthony. Gavin, what are your, what are your final thoughts on that one? Mm, I have uh, very little competency in the in the whole t- um, medical in- industry, so I can't really weigh in much. But I I, I agree with what Anthony has said. It it, it does make sense. And um, if uh, one were if someone were to really bank on Pfizer to make some quick gains, uh, you really need to be in and out quick before. Um, and, and they're down today, you know, or they've been down um, the last week as well. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, I mean, just, just based on price action, <laughs> not, not necessarily the best also. Yeah, yeah. And and fair enough, right? It's a little bit of a gamble as well because you need to time it right, um, is what I'd say. Uh, that would be the, the takeaway that I'd give to the coconuts, right? Uh, if you are looking to invest, know these risks, especially in, in Pfizer. I think one of the big ones is that literally it's one product. So it's a little bit of a gamble, to be honest. And if you time it wrong, you could see see some severe downturns. Um, not the, In all fairness, not that we haven't right now. Like, I mean, every, <laughs> everything's in a downturn. True. All right. Um, awesome. So let's move on to our next story. Gavin, tell us what's happening with Three Arrows. <laughs> So, uh, three arrows. As um, if most uh, of the listeners don't actually know, it's actually a hedge fund that is mainly invested yeah, right. in crypto, right? So, crypto has been a huge trend over the past few years. As Bitcoin hit higher highs, um, Ethereum mm-hmm. has hit higher highs, so on and so forth. And uh, there's a lot of 
people coming into the space trying to make quick money, right? And um, as we can see with the <laughs> with the stock market getting a hit, um, the crypto market is also being hit quite hard. So for for three arrows, right? Uh, they just fought for bankruptcy. Um, just in March, uh, recently they had uh total assets under management of about ten billion, which sunk all the way down to three billion. Just <laughs> so the April, ten billion was in later, was in crypto, so. right? <laughs> all, all crypto, right? Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. kind of explains it. <laughs> yep. Sorry, take us through. So it sunk to three billion. So so, um. It's not that they did something wrong, or um, the the broad market was actually already looking very bad. Uh, uh, as uh, most would know, that Bitcoin went down to new lows uh, over the past uh, since COVID actually, and then you have a lot of exchanges starting to to mm. to feel the pain. Right, you have Celsius that recently announced that they are going to lock up customer deposits, uh, so they basically suspended withdrawals. Mm. Uh, which amounted to quite a few uh, billions, about 12 billion roughly was locked up, okay. right? And then um, moving down, you have a lot of others as well. You, you also see Coinbase. Coinbase sees a huge layoff for their workforce, about 18% or about uh, 1,100 employees actually being laid off, which is a huge number, wow. right? Wow, insane. So... Wait, with with uh, three arrows, they, so they filed for bankruptcy, but clearly it's just a bigger play as well, right? Crypto itself is seeing some sort of shrink. We've seen that over the last couple of months. Coinbase was a new thing. I didn't actually know that one. Um, Anthony, we have a friend in crypto, right? Crypto.com. Huh? So- <laughs> no, no longer, no longer there. Maybe we used to have. <laughs> you used to have a friend in Crypto.com. Well, I wonder, I wonder why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Anthony, what, what are your thoughts on this one? I don't know, right? I mean, yes, we can say that there's a mar- there's been a general market downturn and, you know, it's it's, it's all gone bad and, and that's why they are being liquidated. But, I mean, the, the more I read about it, the more I go like, well, what the hell are these guys doing, right? So so they are a bit, it they, they are mm. very bullish, right? And, and they are permanently bullish. Um, so you know, as the market kept coming down, they kept buying, and they were not only buying with whatever money they had, they were buying with other people's money, they were buying with borrowed money. It was just you know, buying and buying and buying, right? And that is kind of what has led to the you know, bust. And, and I mean, it, it's, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, if, if you are in crypto, you, you know that there's a lot of like lending products, right, as, as a retail. So, for example, if, if you have a Gemini account, you can go to Gemini Earn and you deposit your the coins that you own with Gemini and, and and they give you a return on it. And and that's kind of what Celsius we, we talked yep. about before, BlockFi, Voyager, you know, all, all of them do these kind of things. And now we seem to be realizing that the, the person that was borrowing from, from all of these crypto lenders, because Celsius will be lending the money onto somebody else, right? To, to get a higher return and, and the spread. It seems as if everybody's counterparty was 3AC. You know? <laughs> and, and that's why all of them are affected now because everybody gave Tracy money, Tracy gave a bit of returns and, and they're like, oh yeah, Tracy is reputable, they have 10 billion, no, we, we, we are safe, right? And it turns out, well, maybe they weren't safe and, and that is the problem now, I would say, right? It's, it's not so much that the market is going down, it, it's contagion, it's, it's all these bigger centralized DeFi entities, you know, running into trouble, right? And 
and and I you know subsequently if three arrows is really liquidated, whatever coins that they already have that are staked or that are going to invest in the next year. So so they were a big investor in Luna and then now and now of course they have Luna too, they were a big investor in Avalanche that and they are they are locked up, right? You know, what happens once the lockup expires? Whoever got their assets will just dump them. You know, so so it, it seems as if it's just going to be a, a cycle of selling and selling in, in crypto now, especially if they were going a very large asset mm. holders in the space. So not good news, man. Uh, I, I think I, I'm very worried about exchanges now. Yeah. Wow. Got it. Gavin, do you do you dabble in, in crypto and, and stuff like this? Tell us your, your personal story. What happened in the last couple of months? Uh, so just a quick background. Um, I was very interested in... Um, blockchain technology so a few years ago when uh and i was studying i i opened up the coinbase account and bought some bitcoin i think back then i had almost wow. one wow, bitcoin rich, yeah? it, it was yeah. really really cheap so uh traded a bit there and then oh <laughs> no, i don't have it anymore because <laughs> I, I traded in and out right I, I i thought i made a few hundred dollars i was like the smartest guy in the world but uh but but i love the concept of a uh, blockchain because i i felt like there's mm. a real need for it, especially in the current market, especially uh, the use case in financials, right? Mm-hmm. Whereby um, the why why use Bitcoin when you can just transfer money through the bank? Then the the some of the benefits, right? Are speed, security, mm. right? Because let's say if I want to transfer or wire a million dollars out uh, to a USD to another bank account, uh, the, the bank will keep calling me and asking me a lot of questions and then yeah. there will be a lot of delay, right? And then on top of that, uh, there might be underlying security issues. But with Bitcoin, um, it's not instant because Bitcoin is relatively slow, but it's a lot faster, right? Yeah. So so I, I saw that blockchain um, is quite interesting. Uh, and then fast forward to now, I'm invested in only a small handful of uh, of coins. Like uh, I have a bit of yeah. Ethereum uh, where I used to <laughs> to buy NFTs, <laughs> and uh, I also have uh, Cosmos right. uh, Atom. Uh, so I I only dabble in a small selection because um I will it, it takes a lot of time to research mm. into each coin right to really understand the use case and then so on and so forth. So I. I don't think I have the capacity to look into the thousand <laughs> coins that are on the market right now. So ju- just look ones. into the select few that yeah. um, I'm interested in. Yeah, uh, Luna was quite a huge crash. As Luna was fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, okay, I lost money. Um, <laughs> are you guys invested? No, I did, not, I did not invest in Luna actually, but Anthony did, right, Anthony? Yeah, I think it's it's actually the biggest <laughs> position that, that I lost. Um, yeah, but it, I mean it's okay, right? Oh. You you kind of. And that's the whole point of, of crypto, in the sense that you know it's it's a very volatile asset and you're hoping for it to be volatile to the upside and not the downside, right? So so you you have to go in, you know, I, I mean, use cases and, and evangelism aside, whatever. You, you have to go in knowing that it could very well go to zero. And, you know, we, we talk about stocks being able to go to zero, right. but that takes you know, months, if not years, to get there. Right, and and they sometimes they get me that they they go from liquidation to super valuable, and, and you never know. But you know, yeah, crypto doesn't necessarily work on that same time scale. It could go from you know, it could go to zero in, in like three days, right? I think Luna was two days or three days. They depacked and whew, everything went crazy. Yeah, and then they they gave the airdrop more <laughs> coins, and then it went crazy again. 
It never actually went, yeah, to, went to zero point. Actually, it's not fun now. Or three, can't remember. I still have a bit. I still have a few hundred thousand of yes, it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, that, that's that, that's the the interesting nature of it, right? It's it's a very and if you want to bet on the technology, it's a very 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 far out bet. I mean, besides the the very simple easy use case of transfer of value, you know, and and even in that case, you transfer one billion worth one billion USD worth of Bitcoin now. When the when the person receives it, it might be nine hundred thousand, right, or nine hundred fifty thousand. That there's a lot of volatility there, so so that use case is also a, a bit monkey. But I you know that that there's it, it it can serve a lot of purposes. We 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 are not at the end state yet, so you know that that's why it's still positioning in various crypto. But yeah, that's that's the fun of it, right? You you are, it you have to know it's a bet and it's far out and it's you know high risks and size it accordingly. Mm. So you you mentioned that it's um. You still have a little bit of a position here, right? So for a coconut, oh, I, I have a lot of positions um, everywhere. What, what is your take <laughs> in 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 crypto, right? I'm speaking specifically for crypto, right? Because we're not talking about this. So you still have a little bit of a position yep. there. Uh, it's not right entirely. Do we want to call it bottom out yet? I don't know personally. I yep. don't know. Could it go lower? You never think that it would, but you know somehow it will surprise you. Um, what, for coconuts listening and and thinking whether this is a good opportunity to go into crypto because you might see it over the next three to five years. What would be your advice? Uh, would you say it's a gamble? Would you say, you know what, I believe in the technology, so on and so forth. Um, Anthony, why don't we start with you and we'll end off with Gavin. I would say know what you're getting into, right? So, and, and know why you're getting into it. So so if you're saying, ah, this is speculative, it's purely for fun, it moves 20% in a day. I just want to make that twenty percent and go up. That's fine, right? And and in, even in the midst of the bull market, I, I I know of acquaintances who kind of swing traded their way from five hundred k to three mil just on Bitcoin, and wow. that's that, that's fucking in the course of three months. And that's like, what the fuck, right? But you know, so so you have to go away <laughs> knowing what you want out of it. Is it just that the quick upside? You know, you you cut and run, and you set very tight stop losses and all that. Or is it that you know you you are trying to place a bet on the technology, you know, maturing and becoming better, and and have a longer time horizon? And if that's the case, you know, what, what you would buy and and how you would buy is is already different, right? Because if you are the first and you're more of a trader, you start looking more at flows, you start looking, you start drawing lines on the chart to hopefully ascertain meaning there, like reading tea leaves, and you hope for the best. If you are not, then then you do then you do a lot more. You read the white papers. You go, oh yeah, maybe you try to envision a future where, where this could be useful, and and then you you know and then and then you DCA it again, right? Because you you just slowly buy because it will take a while. You don't know where the bottom is, so you just have a pot and just buy 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 every month every two months. So so yeah, know know your game plan and then you know stick to it and then execute. Yes, got it, Gavin. What is your thoughts? Differing opinion. Uh, I I I agree for the most part, and uh, from 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 the recent Luna crash, I guess some key points that um uh people can really learn from it is number one, really understand what you're getting into, where you're putting your money in, right? Because uh when you when you look at so people putting money into Luna, they keep saying, oh Luna's gonna moon, <laughs> Luna's gonna ten x, hundred x. But then when you when when you when you chat with these people, right, and you ask them, oh, so. So why is Luna gonna moon? And then they'll just tell you, oh, because Anchor Protocol pays you twenty percent. Everyone will come in, but then they, I I would say a big handful, more than half of the people who invested don't actually understand how the coin work, 
how the how the stable coin was being packed, mm. uh, so on and so forth. And that was what actually led down to where it is now because of a lot of people blindly following, blindly investing. And uh, so, so that's one of the biggest like things that uh, I think people can really take away and uh, learn from this. And and really just to... to the, the second point would be portfolio management, right? No matter how much um, conviction you have, even if you know Do Kwan, even if it's your neighbor, your best friend, uh, the next day, it could just go to zero. And then what's going to happen? You can't just point fingers. He's not going to give you back all your money, right? So portfolio diversification is, is really important. And uh, it's not um, diversifying in crypto. It's not like, oh, I have some Bitcoin, I have some Ethereum, I'm diversified. But rather have um, some equities, some crypto, uh, perhaps even bonds if you're, if you're most risk-averse, ETFs, so on and so forth. Like really be diversified in across asset classes rather than, oh, I'm just diversified right. in different coins, <laughs> right? Got it, got it. Cool. Actually, we are looking to get um, a little stocky card on that, Coconuts, if you're listening. So once we'll have that up, we'll definitely let you know um, how to diversify your portfolio, right? Uh, <laughs> we're, just, we're just writing up the content for it now. Um, awesome. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Gavin, for, for that and, and bringing that topic to us today. Um, I definitely, I'm sure that the coconuts are listening. Um, so they need to know how, how to execute and what their plan is. And of course, go in with your eyes wide open, right? Awesome. That's a tough, tough, tough market to go into, especially crypto now. I'm, I'm honestly a bit more conservative, so I'm staying away from it. Yeah, well, and enough. I have enough fun in my my actual job, Anthony. So. Uh, sorry, my job for everything, so you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. You alive. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. All right, let's move on to our next topic. Anthony, take us away with Lululemon. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really news, right? So Lululemon, um, and it was just something that I was thinking about because now a lot of sleepless nights where you just wander around, right? So, you know, and, and I was thinking about it, you know, if we look back to the GFC and, you know, we, we talk about trying to kind of replicate certain plays that, that came out of, you know, recess, previous recessions and all that, you know, something that was quite interesting to me was Nike, right? Because, you know, you, you think about Nike and branded stuff as kind of consumer discretionary. So in a recession, people cut their spending they, they won't buy branded stuff they buy cheaper stuff right but but nike actually did very well in, in the previous recession in 2008 they they dropped less than the s&p and they rebounded faster and then higher right for for a, a company right. that you know is, is maybe a bit discretionary that that doesn't have a lot of growth that is very mature that that's kind of good traits to have i was thinking about it is like, oh yeah you know the then if we don't want to buy nike again because we don't like the lack of growth and all that who's left right and one brand that that mm. came up to to my mind in, at that time was lululemon right i mean if, if people don't know because you don't see women around or whatever um they they started off as the the athleisure trend right so so they, they started off with yoga pants for, for women yeah. uh, yoga tights apparently they are fantastic i have no idea um and, and they, they have really expanded apparently they're very comfortable yeah yeah i mean none, none of us here wear them so you know if coconuts want to sponsor i wouldn't know yes want to sponsor I and mean, they, they have men's now so if somebody wants to sponsor <laughs> a pair for us to try you know we are more than happy to um, but yeah and, and, lululemon we're hearing you by the way you yes. come sponsor us some 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 pants and some, some pants and, and it'll be on our video next time <laughs> <laughs> right? um, but yeah sure sure no problem <laughs> 
yeah so so and you know so so they have been doing very, really well they, they have been compounding their growth really well they have higher margins than nike surprisingly so i was like oh this, this could be a, a good mm. company to to invest in right if we are kind of looking at a recession playbook discretionary mm. but not really and you know something that has more growth and, and therefore potentially a higher value you know three five years ten years on the road and and it could be the next nike right um any thoughts from you guys well yeah um never thought of that but i, I get where to see where you're coming from right um at least i know people that have worn it swear by it right um i know there are a few other competitors out there as well but i think lululemon was the first one to start that trend right the yep. sort of wear yoga pants wear wear leggings wherever you go um and i know like you know a couple of colleagues wear it to the office they literally wear it everywhere because it's very very comfortable um from what from what i understand apparently they have like male slack like slack so so you can wear it like office oh. wear mm. so so yeah. i i want to check that out actually yeah i think one thing that surprised me with with uh, you, Anthony, and maybe you can tell us a bit more numbers. Is that you mentioned it's got higher margins than Nike? Yep. Um, I think that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty insane. Um, given that Nike should, I mean, being a mature company, that it should have perfected its entire supply chain <laughs> to maximize margins already. Um, so I think that's that's one thing to note. And in a in a pandemic or whatever, people still got to stay fit. They become such so synonymous with comfortability and and exercise. That I think that this is honestly a a, a good value play, right? Um, uh, it's not that, cheap, you know, right? So uh, so it's not value. It, it, I mean, if you look at, like, I mean, they are profitable, but if you look at PE and all that, they are they are still yeah quite a bit higher than comparables like you know Adidas and and Nike, and that's just because there's more growth. No? Got it. So they're still growing in that sense. Yeah, they, but you wouldn't really consider them a, a high growth stock. Maybe tell us the numbers. I mean, their revenue growth in the past year was what 30 32 percent so so it's, it's not shabby you know um they are okay. they are operating right. margins are are also 30 odd percent so it, it it's not a tech company but it, it kind of profiles like a, a quasi tech company right or 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 infrastructure tech company so so yeah it's you know and and what they have been and what i found really interesting was that they have been growing their revenue and at 30 odd percent for the past 10 years so, so to me lululemon is like a really new company right it, it's just popped up but you know, they, they have actually oh. been compounding their, their growth for the, the last five ten years and you know they, they are saying that you know they, they had a previous five-year plan they more than exceeded those targets they have a new five-year plan that they, they are executing on i think they started last year and you know it seems as if if, if things go to plan they will meet that right so so their revenue will, will double again or more than double again in in the next few years, and and that's and that's why I kind of think of it more like a growth company, except that it's really profitable, mm, okay. and 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 why it's already, and why it has better margins than Nike and all that is just because it's a different method of selling, right? So so Nike Adidas they have their own stores, but they also resell to other merchants to to sell out, right? And and you know the, the other merchants yep. take a cut there, and and that that kind of reduces their margins, whereas Lululemon just focuses a lot on their own experiences so so their stores are more like you no know, experience centers it's more than apple way of selling right um, oh, sorry apple just uses resellers in certain parts but yeah it, it's more that that whole i want to control the brand experience i want to control the, the yeah. buying experience you, you come into my store you know i'll teach you all about my product and i mean it's 10 so i don't know how much they can teach but there we go right and, and that's 
kind of the reason behind their their better budgets at this stage. And they pivot, and because of that, they, they pivoted very well to to you know online selling. Uh, well, uh, the 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 one key thing that I could say, um, why they have better margins is because they are only focused on on one thing, right? Just uh pants and like clothes in general whereas nike has different collabs they even do shoes so on and so forth so so if lululemon continues down the path without over diversifying and then becoming diversifying their business right and then the margins continue stay stay strong strong cash they, they could even start acquiring like smaller um uh, companies and then um grow grow from there right i, I think it's quite interesting play uh mimicking what nike did uh, a few years back i i, I think lululemon could really uh be the of nike of the <laughs> covid crash <laughs> of our generation yeah. right <laughs> fair enough um and what and it's interesting to note that that they are they are really selling a brand name right it's like apple they are really selling you uh, the, the the product is good. Don't get me wrong. I, from what I heard, I, I I like you guys. I don't wear it either. But from from what I've heard, the product is good. It's long lasting. Um, but it, it's like Apple, right? You you're paying a premium for the for the brand, and uh, I guess this approach has worked for Apple. And I'm pretty sure if they execute it properly, it's gonna work well for them as well. Got it. Got it. Awesome. I think one one question I have here, um, and maybe Anthony or Gavin, whoever can answer that one is the fact that, you know, this this year, and, and you said with Apple and together with a few other, you know, uh, companies, especially with oil prices skyrocketing, is logistics and supply chain, right? Um, how how have they managed that? Um, Anthony, do you know anything on that one? Yes. Yeah, so, or is so that one of your concerns as well? They they, they did decently um, last quarter, um, which, which ended, I think, in April. So, so not that far back. Right. Um. So. So they have been doing decently. Of course, these things change very quickly. I mean, Tesla was doing really well supply chain wise two quarters ago, and now it's mm. in deep trouble. Right. So you never know. Um. But they. They. And I think this is a challenge that you are right. This is exactly a challenge that they'll face because you know if they, but if they get through it, that that's going to be fantastic, right? You know that management has the operational chops to to do it well, to forecast well, and all that. I think. Uh concern that you know kind of weighs on the market is that you know we, we have seen a lot of quasi luxury retailers you know, suffering so i mean b- besides apple because that is kind of tech right restoration hardware has kind of gone down the shoots and, and they've gone look we, we forecasted wrong we, we have too much inventory target you know went down the shoots they they, they bought the wrong inventory and now they are they're trying to clear stock and same for kroger's i think so you know a lot of retailers are suffering what is maybe mm. a plus for lululemon is that their range as of now is small right exactly as kevin said you know you you can hold yoga pants in your inventory for longer because you are not going to come out with a new yoga pant next year you know so so you can still sell it you don't have to force yourself to market down you know it's even if you build up excess inventory mm. this quarter so what right um it, it's all about branding it's all about pricing now it's it's pretty much the Apple plus Nike strategy. It's not, you, you don't want to become like Under Armour, right? Where they cheapen their brand and then everything went to, to crap. So so I think they, they there is a relatively clear playbook. If they can, op- if they can you know, kind of operate well, if they can do well, it, it, it can be a relatively steady compounder, I think, for the next few years. 
Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, great one there. I think it's a good good stock pick. Coconuts out there, do your your research as usual, but it could be something for you to look out for. Yes, if, if there's um, anything right, that you think that is a bad case, yes. tell me on Telegram. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and, and you know, women out there that are listening to us, we'd love to find out more about what you think the product is like. So please let us know if you think it's a great thing. Let us know on Telegram or, or slide into our DMs. We're waiting for that. Um, and yeah, awesome. All right, for our last story, Anthony, you want to take us a little bit away with macro and, and a little teaser on this one? Uh, I mean, I, I just I was just going to say, you know, this is a big month coming up for all of us. Um, if you if you are still investor, mm-hmm. even if you have so auto cash, you know, as long as you're relatively just interested in the market, it's, it's going to be big, right? We we have earnings season again kicking off. I thought we just ended it, but it's starting up again. Um, <laughs> I think Mama or Fang, all of them are reporting this month. Um, towards the second half, we are we are going to get new GDP figures for the second quarter in the US. So maybe you'll confirm you're in a you know technical recession where it's two quarters of negative, two consecutive of negative GDP growth, maybe not, nobody knows, uh, although the, the market has a view, of course. We are going to get another Fed meeting with potential, you know, 0.75 basis point, 0.75% rate hikes. So, yeah, it, and they all come towards the end of the month. So, the beginning, the first two weeks of the month will be very volatile, you know, trading-wise, right? You'll just go up and down as people start, you know, weighing probabilities. Every, you, you can expect after every earnings call, if it's you know bad forecast guidance, if it's bad guidance, you'll drop 15% the next day just because you know we, we are in that kind of market now where it's volatile, it's low volume. So be, be careful, right? If, yeah. if if there's ever a month to think about DCAing at a later time than normal, this is probably it because you don't want to buy on the 20th and all the yeah. news comes on the 28th or the 26th and you'll go, oh shit, maybe I should have just held off for two days, right? Small market timing, you know, still DCA, but yeah, yeah j- just be careful of your slope. Nice. Thanks for that, Anthony. Gavin, what, what are your thoughts on this bit? Mm, I'm definitely th- paying close attention to the to the Fed talks. Um, a, a rate hike is is mm. inevitable, right? It's just how much they are, they are going to hike up. Um, based on what I can see online, uh, Talking here and there, I'm I'm guessing it will hike up by about seventy five basis points to even a hundred if they're feeling <laughs> adventurous. <laughs> adventurous, the wrong word, buddy. But yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess it's uh, important for for investors to take note um the key industries that will be affected um if interest rates go up, right? So I think the the most uh, obvious one will be banking and uh, financial services, which will obviously be mm. a key beneficiary, right? Interest rates go up, um, cost of debt goes up, and then uh, the banks get to enjoy more interest payment. Uh, whereas um, you see companies uh, that are of high growth, that are leveraging up, right? So some high growth tech companies that are leveraging up, taking a lot, of, taking on a lot of debt. So these companies will will definitely be seeing a lot of volatility in the market, uh, more more drops because um, the the market is so uncertain right now. So even the smallest um, news and um, shake could really cause a, mm. another twenty percent dip, right? So <sighs> yeah, got it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that, Gavin. What a world. What are the next couple of weeks we're gonna have coconuts. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the that's the truth answer. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, fun for Anthony. You know, some of us <laughs> do have fun at, at work. So, I mean. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, uh, coconuts. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover all of that here. Um, on uh, you know, with weeks to come, obviously, I think twenty seventh July is the FOMC meeting, so we'll definitely cover that uh, the week after, and our next episode uh, in July or August. Uh, either way, we hope. Um, firstly, thank you so much, Gavin, for for coming on board. Hopefully, you had some fun. Coconuts. Hopefully, you liked Gavin as well. Um, Thanks for letting me join yeah. this session. This oh, good. episode. <laughs> fun stuff. And coconuts. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. See you guys. Have a good week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.